Welcome to today's Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. I'm your host, Dori DiCarlo, and you know we are here week after week, show after show, breaking those myths that mompreneurs and businesswomen, especially those of us building our businesses from home, that we're just dabbling in between bake sales and getting our nails done, we're not. We are smart, we are savvy, and we are sharing the wisdom of women in business and in life. I'm looking forward to bringing today's guest in. Kaylee Medina is the mother of two and the founder of Live, Love, Sleep, the nation's leading pediatric and adult sleep coaching agency. Kaylee partners with families worldwide and teaches healthy sleep habits to newborns, infants, children, and adults. Through her unique sleep consulting program, Kaylee takes a new approach to traditional sleep coaching and empowers her clients to lean in and love parenting as much as they love their children, and it helps children love bedtime and sleep through the night. Rather than me going on and on about what you do, Kaylee, let's get in here and let's talk about what you do. So welcome to Word of Mom Radio. Thank you, Dory. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Let's face it, sleep is a huge concern, and it's amazing how it can start in infancy. So mm-hmm. what's a sleep coach, Haley? <laughs> a sleep coach is something that's relatively new, I'd say, over the last decade or so. It's something that I think is becoming a lot more of a thing these days that moms are hearing about as they're pregnant or their kiddos aren't sleeping. But what a sleep coach does is work one-on-one with families whose children either are struggling to fall asleep at bedtime They're not sleeping through the night or just maybe taking some pretty terrible naps during the day. And we work with those families one-on-one to create a customized sleep plan for them so that we can get their child falling asleep easily, really consolidating that sleep at night and seeing their child take those good, long, restful naps during the daytime too. So what happens? What do you do when you, you know, you've got a mom that's just like, my child won't sleep. I know people like that. I'm serious. Mm -hmm. I know people like that whose kids literally don't sleep. What do you do? (laughs) I was in that boat myself about seven years ago. And it is so hard. I feel for those moms because being a mom is the most challenging job in the entire world. And it just amplifies it that much more when you're not sleeping because your baby is up all night or your toddler is running around the house at three o'clock in the morning and you just want to get some sleep. But generally, the reason why parents are reaching out to me is because their, their baby or their toddler is dependent on something from them in order to get to sleep. So think about the way that we all start our journey into sleep every night. It's very ritualized. You don't just turn off the light and your head hits the pillow and you fall asleep. There's a lot that happens with that process that we 
kind of settle on in and, and we do every single night. You think about your routine. Maybe you have a shower, you brush your teeth, maybe you read a book before bedtime and you slowly wind down. And as your head hits the pillow, you've developed strategies over the years on how to actually fall asleep. Now, the problem that a lot of children have is that they need something from their mom or dad in order to get to sleep. So for them, it might be something like needing to be held or rocked to sleep. Maybe they need to be fed in order to go to sleep. Um, I'm definitely an advocate for feeding your baby, you know, before they go to sleep, especially if they're under a year old and need those extra calories. But the problem lies where they're falling asleep at the breast or the bottle. And if that's the last thing that they remember is I was slowly drifting off to sleep mm -hmm. in mom's and dad's arms. I was really comfortable here. And they come to this little gap in their sleep cycle 30 minutes later, an hour later, maybe later throughout the night. And now they're in their crib and they're all by themselves and things are not right in their little world. To them, you know, the last thing that they were thinking was here I was in mom's and dad's arm and, and now I am here in my crib all by myself. This is not okay. And they're going to wake up and they're going to cry for their mom or dad to come and assist them back into sleep. They need another good rock in order to get to sleep or, or feed for a few minutes and then fall back asleep. And that process typically repeats itself several times throughout the night because that child just has not developed the skills that they need in order to put themselves to sleep. So that's really the key is breaking those old ways of sleeping and starting to introduce these new, healthy, independent sleep skills so that your baby is able to learn, hey, I know whenever I'm in my crib, exactly what to do. I know how to put myself to sleep without any help. And when they come to that little gap in between their sleep cycles, they're going to just wake up for a brief second and realize, all right, I know where I'm at. This is where I fell asleep and easily be able to put themselves back to sleep so that you're going to be seeing those much longer stretches of good consolidated sleep at night. And a lot of families they, they hear the word sleep training and it makes them want to run for the hills. Sleep training, at least back in the day, seven years ago when, when my daughter was born and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, sleep training, that means I'm going to have to let her cry it out. And that's just not something that I'm comfortable with doing. So how do I do this in a way that I don't have to let her cry it out? And that's where a lot of sleep coaches are going to be able to come in and provide a much gent gentler option. Because the methods that I use, they generally keep parents right there in the room with their child as they're learning how to be able to fall asleep without their assistance so that they can still be comforting and supportive and present with their child as they're learning these new skills. It's so interesting to me because Let's face it, there's that spectrum of kids. I was blessed. My kids coveted their sleep. Yep. And as soon as they went to sleep, that's when I got noisy. So my kids, to this day, they're adults, they're grown. I have grandchildren. Those kids sleep through anything. My mother told me, never say, shh, the baby's sleeping. <laughs> you know, I listened to everything my mother said. My mother was like, as you're nursing, the baby's going to fall asleep. Make sure you wake them up and then yeah. put them to bed and let them put themselves to sleep. And this is, yep. you know, so I listened to mommy and my kids were sleeping through the night breastfed at four months old. Nice. So, <laughs> actually, my daughter went from 
midnight till 5 a.m. from birth. She was the third one. She was just an angel baby. Wow. I had three kids under the age of five. You know? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I got five hours of sleep every night. I mean, it was just, but it's amazing because, especially now, I think, I think COVID and the stress that parents are going through, they don't realize how their stress gets thrown onto their children, even yeah. if they're trying not to throw their stress onto their kids. So what are the ages that you start working with kids or what ages do you work with? Yeah, that's a great question. So I work with babies age zero all the way up through eight years old. Now, true sleep training can't start until a baby is somewhere between three to four months old. But there's a lot that we can do with newborns to begin to create that healthy sleep foundation from the very beginning. So when I work with children, I, I break it into three different age groups. You have your newborns who are ages zero to about three months old. And then babies who are three months under 22 months, and then you've got your toddlers and older. And they all require just a little bit of a different sleep plan because of where they're at in their development. It's, it's you know, again, and that you're taking all that into consideration because it's when do you transition from two naps to the one nap, mm-hmm. from one nap to no nap. You know, and that whole thing, and does bedtime change? Are you an early bedtime person, you know, with kids, or are you a, a later fitting into the family person when you work exactly. with clients? Or do you work with your clients based on their schedule? How do you do it? Yeah, so I like to work with families based on their personal schedules. In general, Children do best with a bedtime very pretty early, a lot earlier than a lot of us think. Somewhere between 6.30 to 8 o'clock is going to be the ideal bedtime for a child. Now, when I'm looking at putting together that sleep plan, I always ask them, what time do you want your baby waking up in the morning? Or what time do you want your child waking up? You have an older child who's going to school, might have to be a little bit earlier to make sure that you're getting them there in time. And then I work backwards to figure out when bedtime is going to be based on what time they want to begin their morning. Because some, like you said, some families are ready to start their day bright and early, 5.30, 6 o'clock. Not me personally, I could sleep until eight or later if my kids would let me. <laughs> but a lot of families, you know, they do want to sleep until 730, eight o'clock. So that's something that I definitely take a look at when we're creating that sleep plan to make sure that that schedule is going to be working for the family. And I know a lot of families are a little bit hesitant too with getting their baby on a schedule and they're afraid, okay, if my child's on a schedule, that means I'm going to be tied down to the house every day. I'm not going to be able to get out and do all of our activities. That is not the case at all. I I am a big proponent of getting moms out of the house and doing things that make us happy, that is able to get you that socialization that you need and getting your baby the socialization that they need as well. So I really like to take that into consideration as well. Knowing that from time to time, you're not going to have every single nap in your child's crib or in their bed because there are different things that you need to go out and live life. You know, it's interesting because my girlfriend's son Mm -hmm. slept great horrible napper so uh-huh. he would take him for a drive 
she would put music on and she'd go for a drive. And I mean, there were times she'd go for a two hour drive because two minutes into that drive, that baby was going to be asleep. I did that one time with my middle son (laughs) because my oldest was already sleeping and I couldn't get Mm -hmm. him to sleep. And we had a really long driveway. I drove Mm. up and down the driveway, (laughs) probably, I don't know, 20 times my neighbors were laughing their butts off. But once I could throw them into the crib, they didn't care. So he wound up getting to sleep and I just brought him inside, put him in and my kids were three hour nappers. So, Mm. you know, but it was, again, you know, you got to do sometimes what you've got to do. And I know you were talking earlier about that bedtime routine. How Mm -hmm. important is it to really create that, not only for ourselves as adults, but especially for our kids? Yeah, children's minds just thrive on structure and routine. So it's incredibly important for them to be able to differentiate day from night, especially younger babies. That's what's going to be able to help them say, hey, this isn't a nap that I'm taking. This is the different sleep where I'm going to be going down for that much longer stretch at night. It's also just a great way to help their body to unwind and get comfortable with knowing that at the conclusion of this routine, I'm going to be going into my crib or going into my bed. And I know exactly what to expect step by step. They really love things done in the exact same order every single night. But, you know, like we were saying, when things come up and you're out for a later dinner, if you don't have enough time to do a bath that night for your child, then just bypass that step and move on to the next one. During the period that you're sleep training, I really do like every step to be in order. But after that sleep training period of about two weeks or so, again, if you need to bypass a step or two to expedite that bedtime routine to get them down, definitely a good thing to make sure that they're not getting too overtired. But yeah, they just, they love routines and it's, it's important to be able to establish that. And that's something that you can do day one, taking your baby home from the hospital is starting that good bedtime routine with them. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to say thank you to our sponsors and we'll be back in just a moment here on Word of Mom Radio. Hi. This is Charlotte Felcher with a tip from my book, Kid Fun, 401 Easy Ideas for Play. Boy, it's really hot out these days. And a great thing to do for kids, especially kids who don't have access to a pool, is to have them paint with water. Give them a bucket with clean water and clean paintbrushes. Send them outside and they can paint everything. They can paint furniture, the stairway, the railing, toys. They could actually clean their toys, bring them outside, and they could paint you or each other. Painting with water is really fun and a very easy way to be creative. For activities and more information about my book, please visit www.kidfunandmore.com. She is brave. She is bold. She is you. And we want to tell your story. Story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, we all win. 
We all know a survivor. Some of our friends and family have made it through difficult times. Some of us don't make it. Losing a loved one to cancer, a car accident, or any other unfortunate event can be crippling and unavoidable. But one of the hardest subjects to talk about is suicide. Too often, our youth decide that leaving this place is easier than facing the struggle forced upon them every day. More than one in four children go through some form of bullying or another. Most of us survive with scars, but for some... The inner demons created cannot be recognized or treated in time to ensure they make it through. Bullying in every form is very much avoidable. It starts with me and it starts with you. This is Kelly Carius from No Such Thing as a Bully reminding you to do your part when you see bullying happen. If you don't know what that is, call 403-447-4404 or go to nosuchthingasabully.com. Don't let the name fool you. Stadiumbags.com is not just for sports fans. Our clear bags make it easier for you to get into any venue that you go to. And in today's world where we are so concerned about germs, the materials that our bags are made with are strong enough to stand up to the solvents that you can use to clean your bag so you know you come home safely. So check out stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we are the clear choice safety it's in the bag and we're back on word of mom radio we are talking with kaylee medina who is the founder of live love sleep the nation's leading pediatric and adult sleep coaching agency we were talking about routines and how important those things are and they are for adults as well you know as we're winding down we're so caught up in our phones and all of these things and i don't think people realize how much even just scrolling through at the end of the night before you go to bed, you know, what do you tell your clients that are just addicted to, but I got to just check one more time. Oh my gosh, I know. So I have a team of 10 and my husband Zeke is actually our adult sleep consultant. So he has all the good insight into that. But yes, what I can tell you is with adults and children, everybody, we really, really want to be to trying to avoid that blue light, especially our phones. They are, like you said, the most addicting thing that, I mean, I'm a little guilty of it myself. Um, We just want to be on it all the time, checking our messages, watching TV, whatever it is. But we do want to start dimming the lights and putting those phones away. The problem with Uh, our cell phones or the television, any kind of screen, is that it emits blue light. And blue light is really the worst color of light when it comes to our sleep. Because what blue light does is suppresses our body's melatonin levels. And melatonin, of course, is that hormone that just makes us naturally sleepy with the rise and fall of the sun. So if our body's melatonin levels aren't in that proper state right before we're going to bed, you're going to be a lot more wired and it's going to take that much more time for your body to start to unwind and calm and really have your mind be ready for sleep. Back to kids. How much sleep does my child really need? Yes. So this is going to depend on your child's age, but in general, most kids need somewhere between 11 to 12 hours of sleep at night. Now babies are generally going to be ready to sleep all the way through the night, that good solid 11 to 12 hours. My general rule is once they've either reached six months of age or 15 pounds, whatever comes first. And and then they're going to be able to sleep all the way through the night there. 
Now, in terms of what their sleep is going to look like during the day, this varies month by month with babies under a year old, usually between the ages of four to five months, we're on a good solid three nap a day, starting to transition to a three nap a day schedule. Most kids are ready to go down to about two naps a day, somewhere between six to eight months of age. And that usually goes on until kids reach, usually it's around a year. Um, and once they've reached a year, we're down to one nap a day. And most kids are ready to give up that nap somewhere between the ages of two and a half to three and a half. It usually comes a lot sooner than we're ready for it. <laughs> and with naps, each of those naps during the daytime should be somewhere between an hour and a half to two hours long. So if your baby or toddler is taking less than that, if they're only sleeping 30 minutes, 45 minutes, that could be indicating to you that they're really struggling to connect into another sleep cycle. So again, I would just take a look at how you're actually putting them to sleep for their nap to make sure that they're not reliant on any kind of sleep prop. And if they are, that's what you can fix to help to get those naps be a lot longer during the daytime. So any tips to help kick that baby sleeping through the night? I mean, you talked about age and weight, but mm -hmm. anything else? Yes. So we talked about an early bedtime as well. This is really to make sure that your baby or toddler is not getting overtired because overtiredness is really just a child's worst enemy when it comes to sleep. When a child gets overtired, it's, it's usually a little bit counterintuitive what happens. It might start to look like they're getting that second wind or becoming really hyperactive and they're running around the house and you're thinking, oh, they're not even tired. When in actuality, you've already missed that opportunity to put them to sleep when they were ready for it. And now they've gotten that second win and that overtiredness. And what happens is it makes it a lot more challenging for them to fall asleep. Just like you're talking about with the phones and the lights. And that can also lead to more nighttime wakings and shorter naps as a result. So making sure that your child is going down before they get overtired and that's really following their proper awake windows for their age. And I've got some really good free resources on my website that you can use to check out that schedule on what your child's sleep should look like by month. Oh, good. We'll definitely get the links to that and put it up on the show page, even though it'll be on um, Kaylee's site as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Now you've transitioned from crib to bed. How do you get your toddler to stay in bed, Kaylee? <laughs> toddlers. Oh my gosh. I love toddlers. They are a whole different animal <laughs> than little babies with toddlers. The number one reason I have parents reach out to me is because their toddler is either fighting bedtime um, or really kind of holding parents hostage and having them either sit in a chair with them as they're falling asleep, or you need to lay with me as I go to sleep. Or maybe they're even sleeping in their parents' bed and their parents are ready to get that bed back. So with toddlers and older children, it's really about setting rules and boundaries with them. Because over the age of about 22 months, that's when children are developmentally 
ready to, or they're, they're more ready to start comprehending what you're telling them. So I really like to set some basic ground rules for kids around that age of two and older. And these are just three very, very simple rules. And they are number one, that you need to stay in bed and lay down. Number two, you need to lay quietly. And number three, you need to lay quietly until the clock says that it's morning. That's how you're going to keep your child in bed until 7 a.m. or whenever you're ready to start the day. So with kids around that 22 months and older, I always recommend getting a clock for them. These days, there's so many great options out there that you don't have to have one of the old-fashioned um, you know, clocks that has the number seven on it when it's morning. Um, but they have these clocks that change color from like red to green whenever it's time to start the day, like the little hippo okay to wait clock or uh, the hatch, any of those are gonna be able to tell your child when they're expected to stay in bed. And so by setting some basic ground rules with them, that's gonna to help to teach them the expectation of when I go to bed, I'm expected to lay down and lay quietly and stay here until that clock says that it's green in the morning and it's time to get up. My friend Amanda was the first person I ever saw with that. Oh, yeah. And, and I know. They're so it, cool, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they're very cool. And you know what? Her kids, there they had started preschool and kindergarten, mm-hmm. 6 p.m. I mean, they ate their dinner. They had their bath. They brushed their teeth. They went to bed, 6 o'clock, and that light. And it was like, you don't have to go to sleep. You want to talk to each other in your beds or whatever, mm-hmm. but you do not come out of that room unless you have to go to the bathroom till that light turns green in the morning. And I had never seen that before. Awesome. It is. It is such a blessing. (laughs) But let me tell you something. That green light comes on and that door opens like that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You've got to have your alarm clock set a good 10 minutes or so early. Get that coffee going so you can be ready for them running their circles around you in the morning. You know, after their 12 hours sleep, it's like, okay, I'm ready to go. Oh, yeah, they're ready to go. And that's why you got to make sure you're getting your good eight hours, too. <laughs> you know, exactly. You know, let's face it, as adults, we kind of fight that. I was reading something somewhere that it said, you know, you have the three um, kind of sleep cycles for adults. Your mm-hmm. first round of getting tired, and that's the one that you push through. But the second time you feel yourself getting tired, go to bed. Mm-hmm. And I always fought to the third one because I was that person growing up. If I went to bed at midnight, I'd wake up at six o'clock in the morning. If I went to bed at 10, I'd wake up at four o'clock in the morning. I would get that six hours of solid sleep. I don't even roll over. But it, so I always resisted going to bed early mm-hmm. because I'd wake up. So I read the whole thing. I'm like, all right, let's see what happens. And it was about, five after 10. And I felt that wave come on and I was like, all right, I'm going to see what happens. Yeah. I woke up at five minutes to six. Nice. And it was like, whoa, no kidding. So you know what? That's what I gauge it on. Whenever Mm -hmm. I feel myself on that second wave, sometimes it's 930, sometimes it's 11 o'clock. You know, when that wave comes in, it doesn't come in at a specific time, but I'm, as we're speaking, as we're sitting here taping this, because it's an evening taping, I'm drinking this is fresh mint tea, mint yep. <laughs> the garden, you know, and just to relax me, you know. Yeah, I do the same thing in the evening yeah. as well. I yeah. love my cup of tea after dinner to relax. 
<laughs> little bitty rituals that we have. And it's amazing how, as children, it reinforces it. As adults, we find our own way of just kind of unwinding towards the end of the day. So yeah. I have to ask, as we're wrapping this up, how does somebody become a sleep consultant? Oh, my gosh. Sleep consulting, it is such a rewarding career. Um, I, I personally got into it because my children weren't sleeping well and I saw the tremendous benefits that it provided to my family and to me. And I've been doing this for seven years now and uh, it's a lot more rewarding than the corporate job that I had back in the day when I first had my children. So uh, you, if anybody is interested in becoming a sleep consultant, I do have a certification process uh, through Live Love Sleep. And I will actually be doing another round of hiring in the fall here around September or October um, as we continue to expand all throughout the country. How exciting. As we're wrapping up, what would you like to leave our listeners with, Kaylee? And how can they get in touch with you? As we were saying earlier, the number one thing that you can do to help your child sleep is to teach them those independent sleep skills. And if that's something that you are needing help with if you're not comfortable letting your baby crying it out and wanting to have a little bit more of a gentle approach, I really encourage you to reach out. Children learn incredibly quickly. Babies learn these new sleep skills in usually just a few nights. My program with babies is two weeks long, um, but we're usually seeing results by night three or night four. With toddlers, it's a three-week program because it does take a little bit longer with toddlers to get these new sleep skills established, but help is, is right here, and it's something that you can be sleeping better within just a few nights. So please reach out to me or one of my team members. You can visit us at liveloveleaf.com. I hope people reach out. I really do. And I want to thank you so much, Kaylee, for coming and sharing your joy. Of course. Thank you again for having me on your show. You're Such welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, thank you. I'm glad. And for all of you tuning in, thanks for being here with us. Reach out to Kaylee. And let's close out with our fabulous theme song from Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers. So till next time, this is Dory DiCarlo saying go out and create a marvelous you. Bye for now. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. Sure.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.